Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that f***ing thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. I'm Richard Case. And I am Andrew Mullen Gray. You are, actually. Oh, we're that formal this week, are we? Yeah. Well, I am Richard, Richard James Case. See, there's mm. a slight difference. A lot of Scots use surnames as middle names. I like that. And a lot of non Scots use. Christian name. Yeah, I, I like. I, I, I think Andrew Mullen. Is, I've always said yeah. Andrew Mullen Gray is my a really brother is strong name. My mother, my brother is Duncan Murray Gray. Love it. That's my mum's maiden name. And and your birthday falls on what? Here's a strange Saint but Andrew's true day. fact. Yeah, gone. Sorry, I talked you, over you. No, my birthday falls on St Andrew's Day, and your birthday falls on St George's Day. There you go. You, you couldn't make that up. No, could you couldn't make that up. Really? You? No. <laughs> it's amazing. No, you couldn't. Uh, anyway, welcome once again. I've really been enjoying these podcasts. Um, thank you for your uh, feedback, um, questions as well. A number of people asking uh, on what do we base our choice of guest. Uh, that's very simple, actually. We have a very easy editorial policy in mm-hmm. that respect. Um, whoever we want, really, yeah, because because we, we we like them. Our, our yeah. mates is the yeah, bottom friends. line. So you'll love today's. We've just yeah. finished talking to him. Uh, this podcast put together in two parts. We did the interview with a very good friend of ours, stateside Nigel mm-hmm. Lithgow, nasty Nigel, um, from from the reality programs, and and he was nasty before anyone had even yes. heard of Simon Cowell. Know, I, I was just going to say that that everyone, if you asked anyone in the UK. Who invented reality TV pop shows? They would say Simon Cowell. Yeah, no. That wasn't Nigel. Nigel Lithgow, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Nigel took him. The reason for that in the UK is Nigel took himself off stateside mm. very early on after the success of Pop, pop Idol, pop I Pop Idol, yeah, yeah. Um, Liverpool fan. Um, made it bigger in the States than John Lennon in some respects. I mean, um, really, really good guy. Um, great to talk to. And, and you will thoroughly enjoy the interview because I, th- I thought at one stage 
I was saying thank you, Nigel, and goodbye when he decided he got a number of yes. questions he wasn't finished. for you. Yeah, he wasn't finished. Well, for us. <laughs> the people he's met is a who's who. It's yeah. extraordinary. Um, and and I, I hope you'll enjoy listening to that as much as we have just done recording it. Anyway, in the meantime, um, still very early days for us, of course, with these podcasts, but uh, thank you for subscribing. Uh, if you know someone who you think should, do please uh, steer them in that direction. Um, and one of the things I enjoy about these, Andy, for all the years in broadcasting on, on television, I said this to you when we went on the radio, we can sit here as we are today, unshaven, unkempt, and nobody knows. You're talking about me, aren't you? I'm talking about me too. Are you unshaven? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I did, yeah. Oh, I know you're not. Well, well I well, shaved. You had a big plaster on your chin when you got here, so yeah, you must have had a shave. I, I was going to say I shaved an hour ago, yeah, so I do, I, I do now need, I am now unshaved <laughs> once one. again. Yeah. Um, but this, this is a, a great opportunity for us to tell a few tales express some opinions as well, and just have a bit of fun, really. And and over the coming weeks, we'll have some top guests that we intend to be talking to, uh, like us who live and breathe football and uh, provide an insight that you really won't get anywhere else. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Keys and Grey. That's A-N-D, Keys and Grey pod, spell it out. And on email at Keys and Grey, the podcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, please. That really helps Others find us as well. Uh, so what to do this week? Um, I was going to talk to you about Jordan Pickford and Virgil van Dijk, but Ni- Nigel Lithgow's rather stolen yeah, my thunder in yeah. that respect, and that does come up later in the programme. Um, what One that has leapt out at me, Ross Barkley, mm-hmm. terrific uh, second game in Villa's Colours last Monday night, and a headline from the press uh, today, uh, The Guardian. Ross Barkley, I knew I was ready to show how good I am. My question would be, Ross, Really? Well, why have you not done that before now, both in an Everton and a Chelsea jersey? It's a bit late in life, isn't it, to well, at last start to show us how good you are? Well, it's never too late, Richard. It's certainly not too late for, for Ross. Right, Everton, uh, wonderful start to his career at Everton. Did lose his way a little, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no doubt. I don't think there's a question about that. Lost his way at Everton and, and eventually felt he wanted out and he wanted to go. And I think his form suffered because of that. Chelsea, it's a difficult one. There are many players who have gone to Chelsea young kids who have never been able to nail down a, a, a regular, and I mean a regular place. And if you're only playing bit part football in one game out for four and two games out for six, it's a really difficult thing to find any consistency of your your, your performance. Um, and I think the best thing he did was leave and go to Villa. He knows if he's going to be fit, he's going to be playing. Right, he's he seems happy there in his first two weeks. I know it's early, but it's amazing what contentment and happiness does to a footballer. Uh, the the thought of feeling wanted does to a footballer's confidence, and there's no doubt Dean Smith and John Terry and the boys there, Craig Shakespeare, have have, have made him feel wanted along with the other players at Villa Park. Mm. So I'm not going to judge him now. What I would say, like you did say correctly, he's had two terrific performances in an Aston Villa shirt, mm. and two big games. Now, 12 games down the line, let's see. Let's see. Um, I, I repeat, we, we will be discussing Van Dijk and Pickford later in the programme, but what, what I would say at this point is some of the aggravation that Jordan Pickford has been receiving is is outrageous. Same with Richarlison, that there is no place for the sort of abuse both no. boys have had to take. And, no. and uh, this article here I'm looking at uh, from the Times today, Ancelotti backs sad Pickford. Of course he's sad. Any any professional sportsman that is involved in an incident such as that, that inflicts injury upon another, is going to be disappointed. He did not set out no. with malice no, he didn't. to injure Virgil van Dijk. It's, it's, it's nonsense. Anyway. And, 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 and there really is, 
I mean, uh, Richarlison's number was leaked onto the internet and he, he got 10,000 texts, wow. abusive texts in wow. five minutes. Uh, here's one that will interest you from John Cross in his column today. Referees voicing concerns that new guidance on offsides will lead to more serious injuries, such as that. And the reason for that being assistants are under orders not to raise flags and let play continue under the new VAR rules, as we know. But the refereeing fraternity are worried it will result in more collisions like that Correct. and clashes between players because flags haven't gone up yes. at the time that they should have done. Now, if the flag goes up for Van Dijk, who knows? Yes, who knows? Certainly if the flag goes up and the whistle goes before the ball arrives. It was such a short space of time between the pass and the collision. It might not it's, it's, it might not yeah. have, have made any difference. It's maybe not but, the best example, but, no, but it brings it but into the spotlight. I've said it all along, Richard. You let it go as long as, say somebody's just 10 yards over the halfway line going yeah. through, and the, the linesman goes, oh, I'm going to keep my flag down. I don't know. I think he's offside, but I'm, I'm not going to flag. And he goes through and a defender gets back or a goalkeeper comes out of his box and there's a collision. And somebody, as we've seen with Virgil van Dijk, someone can get injured. I said that last weekend. So one thing that worries me about keeping the flag down is that people can then mm. get injured when there's no need for them I know to you be said injured. that last weekend on Being Sports, and that's why I brought it up to, to, ah, to really right. underline what you were saying. Love this from Andy Dunn in the mirror today, uh, this re referring to Mesut Ozil. Uh, I think the way Arsenal are treating Ozil is an absolute disgrace. Uh, loyalty rubs both ways. If you've offered a player a contract mm -hmm. on terms that you're happy with when he signs it, then fulfil that contract. Mm -hmm. If Ozil had decided he didn't want to play for Arsenal anymore, all hell would let loose. Mm -hmm. How dare you? Mm -hmm. You've signed a deal. And yet Arsenal are okay, it seems, to treat him in the manner that they have, leave him out of Premier League and Champions League squads and on the sidelines looking in. Andy, Andy done this. If you do not enjoy or did not enjoy watching Mesut Ozil play football, you do not like football. Simple as that. If you do not enjoy or did not enjoy watching Mesut Ozil play football, you've been brainwashed by the high-pressing, tracking back, tactically fouling, distance-covered brigade. He's right. Well... There's a place for Mesut Ozil. There has listen, to be. Otherwise, the game's gone. But listen, you do, to, to, to go that extreme and say, if you didn't watch him, you don't like football, that's rubbish. That's a nonsense. He was a wonderful footballer. Yes, he is. He probably still has got the talent. I, I, he's I, a World I, Cup winner. I will leave you with the rest of the article to read yeah. later because the, no, no, I, what I'm that's saying, just Richard, the opening let, two let, parts, let's, get, let's, let's, let's make some, one thing clear. Mesut Ozil under Arsene Wenger for the vast majority of time Wenger was there was a terrific footballer he would be first on Wenger's list when he picked his team and he would rely on him and his assists record is it was sensational whatever happened whatever happened and we don't know we're not we're not there we're not at the club there is there he did lose his way one way or the other whatever it was whether it was a new coach I, coming I, in yes and no I think his right? his, his, his views now, that were powerfully expressed yes, on what's happening may, to the Uyghurs in China correct. probably may, played a part might have a lot to do with that but you're 100% right in what you say is if Mesut Ozil was given a contract for four years and after a year, Arsenal say, do one, we don't want you anymore, get off. Mesut Ozil is entitled to... to but they, do you know what I'm saying? That's basically what they've said. Yes, they are. Um, we don't want you anymore. He's entitled to say, that's fine. I'll leave, pay me up my contract and I'll go. Or if you don't, I'll sit here on my contract. The best radio commentators paint beautiful pictures. Mm -hmm. The best writers are capable of doing that. This, mm -hmm. this from Andy Dunn. Jose Mourinho, perceived as the doyen of practical management, as a memory of his time coaching Ozil at Real Madrid. He would organise a full-scale practice match and then turn his back on it. Mourinho would know when Ozil was striking a pass because it made a different noise, like a soft, <laughs> pure, powder-exploding thud of a perfectly struck iron shot. Beautiful. Lovely words. 
great description. But I'll tell you one other thing about Ozil and his term at Real Madrid, if memory serves me well, and I'm at the age now when memory doesn't always serve me well, mm. he hardly ever finished a football match. Who cares? If you got the game oh, no, one after 60 minutes. Care. Who cares? Well, saying, you do care. You can have 60 minutes, Listen, son. Win me you the could game. have played in midfield at that time for oh, Sorry, Madrid. when you opened your nightclub, did you, did you finish the football match? Well, that's a different story. Did you finish the football that match? It's a different era. It's not, it's not a different era. Score tonight, Andy. I, I, I hear you're opening a club, Andy. Yes, that's right, Gaffer. Well, score tonight and I'll whip you off at half time. Well, well that, that's for another day. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pele. 80. 80. Football yeah. was invented for this magical player. Correct. Again, so says the day. I still have it in my head here. I can still see him at, at, at 17, 18 in, at, in Sweden at the World Cup and he flips the ball over one defender, oh. volleys it in. Um, and the World Cup final, I think it was, it was uh, just such a sensational goal. Such a sensational goal. Right. Um, so, just one or two little bits and pieces there. Um, we should introduce, I think, our guest. Oh, yes. Let me once again, you, you've been reading up. Let me, um trying to put some meat on the bone. Nigel Lithgow, um, born, well, he'll explain to us in just a moment, but let's say born Merseyside. Merseyside is a good Because I've yeah, called yeah. him a scouser and, and he's not necessarily a, a, a scouser. No. Um, conquered America in a way that few other Brits mm -hmm. have. And um, and started a revolution, actually, I think, which is, I mean, I would Strictly be on air without Nigel? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably not. Would Britain's Got Talent? Mm, almost certainly not. Would we have seen Pop Idol? Uh, no. There you go. <laughs> I mean, a whole host of different shows. Um, he's not nasty, Nigel, but that, of course, is for how forever he will be known. Uh, let's meet him. So, time to meet our guest, Nasty Nigel. Good morning, stateside. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. It's no longer Nasty Nigel. Please, Richard, it's no. nurturing no, Nigel. No, no, no. Once you've had a handle, and you've had it for long enough now, you will always be Nasty Nigel. See, so, now, well, I want to ask you, has that followed you around all these years then, Nigel? It has. It has, there you actually, go. yeah. You're not losing it. No, it's it, but but it's a little unfair. Those who know Nigel know that he's not really nasty, um, demanding perhaps, um, constructively well, funny, critical the, the maybe. Was, the funny thing was in in the sort of critiques that I was giving these kids, I was using a lot of Morecambe and Wise lines <laughs> that I'd been working with just recently, saying things like, "Well, you sang all the right notes, but you put them in the wrong order." Yeah, and, and I was. And I was being dubbed nasty for quoting uh, Eric Morgan. <laughs> were you conscious you were you were destroying people's careers before they'd even started? Destroying, yeah. <laughs> I was I was halting their dreams, but uh, the way they sang, they, those dreams would have turned into nightmares yeah. for them later on. I build you, Nigel, as the scouser that made it bigger in America than John Lennon. How did it all come about? <laughs> Well, number one, I better tell you, I'm, a, I'm called a plastic scouser uh, because I'm not a real scouser. I come from the other side of the water well, in Wallasey. Okay, okay. Well, well, yeah. all right. Well, that is plazzy. Okay, is well, plazzy, well, yeah. yeah, okay. But, so but... they call that a plastic scouser. Um, but I, I used to work in Liverpool, so I class myself as a Liverpoolian. And besides that, nobody in America knows where Wallasey is, where if you say Liverpool, they, oh, did you know the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> First so, so how did you end up in L.A.? Um, I, I guess oh, it's, it's a long story. How long have you got? How long is this All podcast? the time in the world. Time yes, want. if you want it. Yes. Uh, I started, you know, my dad was um, a, a Liverpool docker and it worked on the docks in Liverpool and Birkenhead. 
Uh, and for some reason, and I can tell you that I was sort of inspired by a movie called Robin and the Seven Hoods. And Sammy Davis Jr. did this tap routine with a machine gun on top of a bar. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I'd like to do that. Yeah. For some unknown reason, I said, I'd like to do that. Uh, and my dad, bless him, you know, wasn't uh, thrilled that his son was going to go to tap lessons. Uh, but I went off to tap lessons uh, and I was good at it, basically. And the teacher said, uh, you should do more study of, of dance. You should go into it more. And thank God, all my mates at school, uh, we all realized that the best looking girls were in this dance school. <laughs> so we started going to the dance classes, Good you know, <laughs> other styles of dance. And that just developed into me becoming a professional dancer, joining Rolf Harris's Young Generation uh, in 1968. Um, and basically moving into choreography, then production and direction in television. Uh, and ended up as, as I'm sure you know, with one of my favorite programs, and um, and probably one of one of your mates, Andy uh, John Fashionu on uh, on Gladiators. On Gladiators, yeah. Uh, and that was a huge, huge success. Uh, and I became the boss of London Weekend Television's entertainment and comedy department. And within that, I spotted this program called Pop Stars. So this is sort of encapsulating an entire career of like 40 years into a, a few sentences here. But pop stars, have you, as you rightly said, pinged me out as Nasty Nigel. Um, I then got invited to join Simon Cowell and Simon Fuller with uh, Pop Idol. Uh, and then Pop Idol got invited to America and I got invited to bring uh, American Idol together for America, which has been enormously successful mm. for um, 16 years. Uh, before it left Fox, uh, and it's now gone to ABC. And during that time, I, I went back to my old career and created a program called So You Think You Can Dance, uh, which has had 16 seasons as well on Fox Fantastic. Television. So, Fantastic. Yeah, uh, have you... I, I would not put myself in the John Lennon bracket, though. Oh, I don't know. Have, have you ever thought of anything that's flopped? <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you? What did you just say? I said, have did you, you ever thought of what? anything? All these, all these great reality TV shows, like even going back to Gladiators, Blind Date, things like that, all massive successes, Nigel. But is there ever anything you've put to air that didn't work? Oh God, yes, I did really? a program called Ice Warriors, which uh, was very unsuccessful. Uh, but it was a take on doing gladiators on ice. Uh, and there were some great nice. ideas. And <laughs> probably two days before um, we were going to record, safety and security came in and said, you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, no, you can't have uh, any uh, electrical equipment by the ice, and so you can't do this. Uh, and the show was sort of taken apart and dismantled and put back together again badly. Uh, and the whole concept was wrong. If I'm totally honest, we were it was uh, a bit like a lot of the politics nowadays. It was all talk and no and no substance. <laughs> Very astute. Yeah. I've, I've said this to a lot of people, Nigel, who have had success. Are there occasions you sit down quietly with a cup of English breakfast tea and 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 just ponder on what you've done and and take on board all of the things that have happened to yourself? Because it's been an extraordinary life. 
It, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes, it has. There's no question I, I feel that. But I, I can't ever rest on laurels. Um, I, I, when you look back, don't forget, if you're totally honest with yourself, you realize most of it has been through luck. <laughs> Uh, nah, you no, you see, I'm not. No, I'm not having that, and nor are you, because I'm a great believer that you make your own luck, and you've you've done that by following opportunities. Well, Richard, I hear what you're saying, but you can't always make your own luck. What I will say is, it then takes talent to carry it off. But there you go. the doors yeah. have got to open for you. You yeah, can yeah. knock on the door, and so many that I know, really, really talented people, have been knocking on the door for years, and the door has never opened for them. And I know if they'd have had the opportunity, they would have been hugely successful. And certainly going around both the UK and here in America, and seeing the talent that is out there that is never given the opportunity breaks my heart, quite frankly. So when I look at myself, I think, well, thank God the choreographer of the young generation moved over to ITV, which allowed me to become the choreographer at the BBC. Thank goodness I was doing camera scripts, so they gave me the opportunity of directing a television program. There was so much luck involved. Then after that, yeah, I had the tenacity to stick with it mm. and hopefully the talent to carry it off. I think I should have but added... you need those doors to open. Well, yeah, you yeah. need those breaks, but also you, when the door opens, you've got to have the courage to go through. So I I, I do rather take issue with you that, you, you, you know, you don't make your own luck. You do, Nigel. When opportunities come, grab them. But I should have ad added to my question with a cup of English breakfast tea sitting in Elvis Presley's house what? where you once met John what? Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. He's in Elvis's house. He's he, incredible. He is, yeah. He's not. Incredible, yeah. isn't it? Wow. Yeah. I mean, the first time I came to America, I was choreographing Shirley Bassey, oh. uh, and she was going to appear at what was then called the um, uh, Hilton Hotel, Hilton International Hotel in Vegas. And we arrived there, and she wanted to get there a week earlier to acclimatize to, you know, that very dry weather. Oh, you need at least a week, Nigel. Front. You need at least a week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, I'd say two. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the, first, the first thing I saw was in the hotel where she was going to be appearing, and she was co-headlining with Bobby Darren. Uh, Elvis was on. And Elvis was my big hero growing up. Yeah. I mean, just, it was either, when I was growing up, it was either you were a Cliff Richard fan or an Elvis fan. Elvis, uh, and Elvis. I, and I was Elvis. <laughs> uh, and and I, I went to see him. I, I was lucky enough to be allowed to go and see him. And, uh, and he wasn't good. Mm. Uh, and I must say, I was really, really upset. Uh, and I went upstairs and I turned the TV on in, in the, huge room that they got in America. <laughs> uh, and on there was uh, the Jerry Lewis telethon. And the stars just kept coming on, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, and they're just wandering on and talking. And years later, years later, Jerry Lewis asked me to co-host wow. the Jerry Lewis telethon with him. And that, for me, was one of the greatest highlights of my life. Wow. Isn't it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's funny now. Do you say that you saw Elvis? It's funny how so many people say that. Don't meet your heroes because sometimes, sometimes, you get so disappointed. And maybe it's better you didn't meet them now. Yeah, some, sometimes you do. I mean, other times, you know, it's the same as soccer players, isn't it, Andy? <laughs> you know, sometimes they have an incredible game, and the next time they're, they're crap. 
Mm. That's true. <laughs> well, you can see how Americanized you become because we still talk about football over here, but I know that where you are, it is soccer. Now let, let's let's talk. You can't, yeah, yeah. I let, can't talk about. I can't talk about football. Yeah. When you went, the US was a very different world. Yeah. There was no such thing as soccer, football. No. How is it? That's not, how is not it necessarily true? Well, not, 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 go on. Because I'll tell you why. Because the girls and the women were yes. really playing it. Uh, and, and, and then their children, as they grew older and had children, they got their children playing it. So it was grassroots and mm. it had to come through. And it's still, you know, it's still grassroots, to be frank with you. You know, we've got the MLS here, but in the colleges and the universities, there's still no scholarships. So that will, it's got to happen because yeah, the yeah, mums exactly. are saying, I don't want my kids playing American football. It's too dangerous for yeah. them. So at the end of the day, I think common sense will prevail and we'll go to the beautiful game. Good. Do you still Makes see sense. much, if anything, of Vinnie Jones? Uh, I don't see Vinnie. I don't see Vinnie much, no. Um, um, he, he went back. He went back to the UK now. I think he's gone back. Oh, has he? Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I did see him. I used to see him all the time at the British Academy events. Um, and and sometimes in the British Consul General's garden parties. Of course. No, of course. I, 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 well, rubbing I, shoulders, no, yes. yes. Where else would you expect to yes. find Vinnie Jones? Two quick stories. I, he was a guest once uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and, and he'd happened across some electrical goods that I'm not sure that he should have been in possession of, but I did offer to buy a couple of, of the televisions he had available, and I said, here, listen, there's my number. Call me when I can come and get them. And he said, no, 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 don't ever give me your telephone number. I'll drive you mad morning, noon, and night. He said, I, he did. I can't help it. Yeah. And the, the second occasion was when the movie, the first movie had just come out. Where I was with Shrevesy, Jeff Shreves, and uh, he was in the corner of a room with a couple of his mates, and, and Shrevesy and I wandered over, and Jeff said, oh, you're looking well. Are you feeling better? And he went, what do you mean, feeling better? I haven't been unwell. And Jeff said, yeah, I saw the movie. I thought you had woodworm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, typical I mean, he, he, he came on as a guest on Gladiators. We did a celebrity Gladiators, and this is it scared the hell out of us. I must have found <laughs> it. But um, they climbed what was called the cargo net to quite a high level. And he and Gary Mason, do you remember Gary yeah, Mason? Of the yes, yeah, lovely yeah. Gary. Lovely. Yes, he, yes, yes. He literally. He pushed Gary Mason off the top of that. And, and, and the scary thing was, we, there were red carpets below, good sponge carpets, but Gary landed on his head, thank goodness, otherwise he might have injured himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but but the, the, scare, the scary thing is, we had only discussed that morning about moving those two red carpets oh. to the end of wow. what was the zip line because we were frightened people would go off the other end. So had we have done that, oh, wow. I promise you Gary Mason would have been wow. heavily in. Yeah. Wow. Now, what, something else say, that you were, you were the architect of, that uh, I, I, I think you only gave him the show because Chris, your boy, is a big fan, but why didn't the Ian Wright show last longer? I used to love that. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, and I used to love Ian Wright. I mean, he, what a character. And, 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 you know, you can attest to it better than I can, mm. but what an incredible striker for Arsenal. Oh, yes. I think there's only Thierry Henry that I think was any better. But, uh, 
an incredible guy, great personality, uh, really interested. And, you know, when he talks to you, he listens to you as well, mm -hmm. which is, you well know, is really important. Mm -hmm. With so many people with their own shows nowadays just want to talk about themselves and not listen to what their guests have got to True. say. Of, of all the shows you've been involved in, Nigel, could you, could you pick a favourite? Um, I, I think for the most fun I had uh -huh. and the most enjoyment of watching the show itself was Gladiators. Um, uh -huh. The very first show that I produced and directed, which was extremely creative for me, uh, was the Bobby Dabro series that we made down at uh, TBS. It's just that we were copying so much of what was going on in the world, and, and Bobby could impersonate anybody at that point, that it was just great fun and, and very creative to be able to do. After that, pop stars changed my life, so uh, I've got to go with that. And then the most influential show that I've ever done that's affected my life was a thing called Idol Gives Back, where I had the opportunity of traveling around America looking at the poverty, looking at the third world situations in one of the greatest countries in the world that was swept under the carpet. Mm -hmm. uh, and we made $79 million on the first season to try and help the economy, both in America and to try and stave off malaria in Africa, uh, which is possible to do. I hadn't realized, but you can actually stop malaria if you put enough effort into it. Well, we should um, then put more so effort into there, it. There, there's, 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 and then, of course, back to So You Think You Can Dance, where I've just watched so much talent grow here in America and rejuvenated dancing and hopefully helped a lot of young men uh, begin dancing and taking away the stigma of if you're a dancer, you're gay, which so many straight boys don't want to go into because they're frightened they're going to be called gay, which is sad for a start. Uh, but uh, it's it's awful that some kids were actually thrown out by their dads because they wanted to be a dancer. Are you serious? And whether you're straight or gay shouldn't matter what you no. want to do in life. No, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. And it's only really in the UK and the US that you see that. Russia, the Russian Red Army are all dancers, for God's sake. I went to South Africa and watched a whole pile of Zulus dancing for me, and you wouldn't want to call them gay, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Do you keep in touch with your football team? Um, I, I, well, yes and no. Uh, the legends, I do. When the legends come to L.A., uh, we go out for uh, dinner, and uh, Robbie Fowler and McManaman and all that crowd sort of come over. Uh, but the funny thing is, I come from an, a toffee family. What? My dad was a toffee. Oh. I know. Scandalous. I know. My dad was uh, in, in the... I'm so sorry. Bloody <laughs> 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 Andy Gray. Get out of there. Um, the, uh, but he did. I, I grew up with that until I think, I suppose, God, I've got a lousy memory on this, but I think it was when Liverpool came back into the first division, which was, I, God, it must have been about 61 or 62. Yeah, early Shanks. Uh, and, and, and I, with Shanks, yeah. And then I became a huge uh, Roger Hunt fan. Uh -huh. uh, and then, of course, he played for England as well. So it was there. I mean, I only got to see, because I had to go on my own, 
I only got to see two or three games that I can remember growing up at that period because I left in 1968 for London. It left an indelible mark but, on you. Judas, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think she cut this interview short very, I really do. <laughs> when, last one, Nigel. When you got Obama to, to sign off as, as uh, America's got talent ended officially, it's, it's well, excuse me, let me put you right for a start. Go it on. wasn't America's Got Talent, it was American Idol. American Idol, uh, which you mentioned now yeah. has found its way onto another channel, but that, 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 there's another story there. That's did right. did yeah. you meet and spend time with Obama? Uh, unfortunately, I did not. Um, I spoke and met very um, surreptitiously with uh, Valerie Jarrett, who um, was um, Obama's uh, executive uh, assistant, if you like. Uh, and uh, I spoke with her about why I wanted um, President Obama to do it. Um, and it was basically because at that point, there's always difficulty again now of getting people to vote in this country. Um, I think many of them shrug their shoulders. Many of them live so far away from a, a postal ballot box, or you know, they, they can't be bothered. I don't know what the reason is, but we would get more votes for American Idol finalists than the President of the United States. <laughs> and, and, and truthfully, so a guy called Ruben Studdard got something like 135 million votes. Wow. Uh, and he could have been the first black president of the United States if he'd have been going for it for that position. And so I think that was recognized. And President Obama used that, you know, of you are literally voting terrifically for American Idol. I want you to now vote for your country uh, and bounced off that sentiment at the same time of saying goodbye to American Idol. Um, so it was, it was, it was an incredible coup. And, and the funny thing is, I mean, I've just been, doing my own podcast of my idle memories. And looking back at the finale of the first show, there's Donald Trump oh. saying, I think Kelly Clarkson <laughs> should win. So we're probably we're probably the only reality show with two presidents <laughs> that have been on it. And your podcast is available via all the usual outlets, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Spotify, Apple, uh, and anywhere people get their podcasts from, and it's called My Idle Memories. Ah, I like With, it. And that's idle. I D. That's I D O L, not I D L E. Right. Well, here we are now, back in the middle of a, an American election. Do you have any advice for uh, American voters? <laughs> um, yes. Number one, please vote. vote I mean, yeah. the, the fact is, uh, I do think you know if I'm going to get, and I'm not really. A political person, uh, but I would vote Trump out tomorrow. <laughs> why wait that long? Well, exactly. Well, I don't know why you sit on the fence now, Joe. I just think you should tell it as no, it is. I, I, at, certain times, at certain times, you've got to take the flack and be honest. You know, and we had the big debate here last night, and and everyone's sort of up in arms because Biden said he is over time going to lose the oil industry. And everyone says, oh, what, the oil, how can you say that? Well, everybody knows that we have to at some point, whether it's in by 2050 or 2030, it doesn't matter. We, we have to find better ways of energy uh, in order to save the world. It's not just about America. Yeah, it's I, about the world. And sometimes 
especially with this um, let's make America great again. America has sort of pulled itself in and taken itself out of the world. And, and we've lost our relations uh, a lot of the time with the rest of the world. I and we now have to sort of go back again and become a little humble, I yeah, think, in America uh, and say we need each other. I often we say to Andy Nigel, when they're yeah. talking about changing football, we won't be around to, 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 to have a view on that, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the same probably applies with this. Listen, thank you for getting up so early stateside. I, I, I'm very much grateful to you for Is spending time he's with all, us. He's always up at the state. It's, it's well, a, no, well, I've, got some, I've got some questions for you, so don't let's not be unfair here. And just oh, ask, okay. Well, I want to know about, well, I want to know about what you feel about VAR. Oh, oh, goodness me. Sorry, Nigel, we've just lost the link. Uh, we can't... Nigel, are you there? Are you there? I think that, quite simply... Answer the question, no, Well, I think VAR speaks for itself. It, it, it's been nothing short of disastrous, I think, in its inception. Uh, I, I guess the idea was right, the thought and belief was right, that it would stop... Um, People getting things wrong. It's 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 not done any of the sort. It's it's there's a, it's caused as much doubt, maybe more doubt than we ever had in football before, and it's making it too much like we go back to America, Nigel. Too much like American football. I don't like stops for two, three, four minutes in a football yeah. match when they're unnatural, and that's what VAR does as you well. You know how long? Do you know how long the play is in American football? Eleven minutes. <laughs> What? They work out that the actual play in American football is around 11 That's minutes. That's out of one hour, yeah? 11 minutes out of one hour. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the next question, the final question, what did you think about how Van Dyke's injury should be looked at? Good question, Nigel. Very good question. And once again, I will, I will uh, uh, glance across the table at my colleague and ask you to could, uh, answer the question, please. Right. First of all, Nigel, uh, Nigel Speedy recovery and a hundred percent recovery for for Virgil Van Dyke. As someone, as you know, who spent a lot of his time doing what Virgil Van Dyke's doing right now, recovering from serious injury, I know what it's like. Um, I don't believe that um, Jordan Pickford went to injure him. Not at all. Was it a reckless challenge? Yes, it was. Um, was it a little out of control? Yes, it was. Now I don't know whether he should have been. Sent off, he could have been, and had they had they looked at it in that way, he probably would have been sent ah, off. Oh, hold on, they did. Mike Riley said initially no, they then did. He, then he said he didn't. Then, correct. Ah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not. I'm not a believer, Nigel, in retrospective um, punishment for something that right, wasn't right, pre right, premeditated yeah. in any way. Uh, my my, listen. I mean, we we debated this long and hard on being sports last week, Nigel. I, 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 Van Dyke was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And not for a minute did, did Jordan Pickford intend to, to inflict that injury. Not for a minute. Um, I, my view was he could and should have gone. Um, the PGMOL, Mike Riley and his referees association came up with various different answers mm. as to why he didn't. But for me, the bottom line with VAR is very simple, that our game should not be black or white. No. It should be grey. And it should always, as is the case now, provide us with opportunities to discuss and argue and if we haven't got that, then we haven't got very much in football. And that, that for me, looking to try to take us to a place where every decision was correct all of the time was, was a pipe dream. Can't happen, shouldn't happen, shouldn't ever yeah. even attempt yeah. to go there. Don't want it, in my, in my view. But there we are. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're both right on what you've said. 
Um, I think had VAR had a little more thought behind it of what uh, of where you draw the line. Is it an elbow? Is it a head? Or should it have been by the feet? Uh, then may, it may have been a little. But you easier, see, Nigel. But, sorry, you know, so, sorry to interrupt, Nigel. But yeah. a, a, again, there you see what VAR. You know, where do we draw the line? We'll always debate over that. Was yeah. it a head yeah. or yeah. an elbow? I mean, that, sure. it, it's it, impossible it still, to define it. Will it will still be, Nigel, a matter of opinion. And you yeah. know that, that yeah. what we've given it now, in some cases, is another man's opinion. Now, they've done a little bit better this year and they've said to the referee, in certain situations, you go and look at your monitor. When Mike Riley last year, in his wisdom, had had them not looking at the monitor. So we were getting a referee on the pitch making a decision and a referee in Stockley Park, 300 miles away sometimes, telling him it was the wrong decision and he had to change his mind. Now, they've, they've altered that slightly, which is better, but it's still... Does it help Still the game? Right. Has it, you, you as a spectator, Nigel, has it made football better to watch for you? No, not in the slightest. I go. don't like the hold up either. But I, I, you know, if you'd have asked me beforehand, yeah, before we saw how it's developed, uh, I would have said, "Well, what a great idea!" You know, mm -hmm. certainly because we, we, you know, people lose games or win games on the uh, when the goal's offside, obviously. Yeah, but, but see that, Nigel, just say, just let me say, I'm, I'm just yeah. Least. What I'm going to say, course, Nigel, is there are certain things that I do like, right? One thing I said from day one, and Richard will, will confirm this, is that I've always said on matters of fact, yes, right? Matters of fact. Hold on. Can I just interrupt you there? Right. What? Mane. What, Mane? Matters of fact. Mane wasn't offside. No, that's I know right. he wasn't. Mane wasn't no, I know offside. He wasn't. They, so, made a, so they, the, they made an error. But what I'm saying is... Well, if, that's a matter you, of fact. You, yeah, he got that badly wrong. Yeah. Of course they did. Yeah, but Van what Dijk I'm saying is in matters off, of fact, offside. we can use it. Was it offside? Was the tackle that I'd blown up as a foul, was a tackle inside or outside the box. That's a matter of fact. Was the ball over the line? That's a matter of we fact. We had that. We had goal right? line technology. I know we did, but those are the things, Richard, that I thought VAR would be good at. Now, in matters of opinion, no. There should only be one opinion, and that's the guy with the whistle in the middle of a football pitch. Agreed. He should be making it. Agreed. That's that's the only thing I don't like about it. So what, Agreed. Agreed. So what, what, we've Agreed. Got the, what we've got to have the courage to do, Nigel, is we need an American executive to look at the ratings and say, that doesn't yes. work, and bin it. There you Have go. You got anyone in mind? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wicked. But the other thing is with with Jordan Pickford, obviously nobody goes out to injure somebody like not. he did. At the same time, had that had happened anywhere else on the pitch, whether it was at the end of the game after the whistle had blown or anywhere else, that would have been classed as a red card. The same way as Son. I mean, if you look at when Son, Spurs Son got sent off. That wasn't anywhere near as bad as what Jordan Pickford did on Van Dyke. Mm. And it didn't matter that it was offside or the whistle had blown or anything. People still get red cards at the end of the game. Yes. You that's see, true. when that, the game's over. That, that's something else that Andy and I debated last week. I, 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 listen, I'm with you on that. I, I, I don't think you can do what he did. I don't think for a minute he set about to injure um, Van Dyke. And I think he genuinely no. made an attempt to go out as Peter Schmeichel used to do. And that's what I said. Make himself into a star. Like that. Make and, but unfortunately, big. it all went horribly wrong. But but and by the yeah. way, I got some terrible stick last week, Nigel, because I, I, I Andy and I were, were were looking around the internet and 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 um discovered early Saturday afternoon that it was ACL. And Liverpool didn't very much like that. No. They haven't now said yet how long he'll be out medics are like footballers if you know people in the medical profession yeah. you'll you'll find out what's happening he won't play again this season van dyke and he won't play in the euros 
It's not just ACL. I think it could be worse than that. And that's why they're not saying. Anyway, that's just speculative, I should add. For well, you've Liverpool really cheered Nigel up now. <laughs> tell him about. Sorry about that, Nigel. Oh, I am. Yeah. Thanks for cheering me up this morning. <laughs> Nigel, we can't thank you enough. It's been absolutely brilliant, my no, friend. Thanks, Keep Nigel. going over there. Fly the flag for the Brits and enjoy it. Cheers. Thanks very much. And thanks, I've got buddy. to congratulate Andy. I want to congratulate Andy Gray because I understood really? more from what he said today. He's obviously learning to speak English. Oi, you. Oi. <laughs> That's racist. By the way, I, I, I see you've lost your Liverpool accent as well. <laughs> don't stare. Don't stare. Hey, don't stare. So, yeah. all, right. all right, go ahead, lad. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Come leave in, it. Lad. Leave it. Hey, leave it. Don't, don't stare. Come on, lad. Thanks, Nigel. All Thanks, right. Nigel. Bye, bye. Clear off. Clear yeah, off. Clear off. Um, love it and, and thank oh, you I, I, I went to ask you something quickly before go we go when about Nigel and I meant to ask him but never got time I forgot to slip my mind well because he started asking you right, exactly <laughs> I was going what, which Elvis house is he in uh, in, in LA the ah, one in LA right because yeah. a lot of people would be thinking uh, his big mansion yeah, um, in... of course the one that we should know and can't remember yes <laughs> Gracelands. Gracelands. So yeah. A lot of people will be thinking he doesn't own Gracelands. No, no, no. He, he owns he, he owns the house in LA, which which if I and I've been there, if yeah. I owned that house, I would be pulling every wall down and lifting every floorboard to see if I could find something of Elvis. Just something of Elvis's somewhere in the house. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and thank you once again. Idle yeah. Memories is the uh, is the name of I think you said didn't podcast? it? Podcast. Yeah, Nigel's podcast. Yeah. Um so this weekend, anything in particular on your mind? Well, upcoming. Well, look, there's, there's a first classical of the season. It'll be interesting to see. We've talked a lot about how uh, the game's been shaped by no crowds being there. Arguably, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, rivalry in football mm. uh, happens this weekend. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, how it plays out, Richard. Live on B in sports, of course, as is every other yeah. English football league, Premier League match, all 380, all season long. Um, I, I, Gianni and Fantino, last little story from the press. I'm not interested in a in a, 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 a Premier League, a Super League. A, a European Super League. Yes, no. Gianni, you are. I don't think he is. I think he's interested, let me tell you, in a world Super League. Oh, There you go. Well, That's the difference for me. Yeah. He's going to invite the world to his league. Yes, he, he and UEFA are on collision course. That's what it's really all about. Where is the power going to end up? fascinating we should discuss we will discuss next week thank you once again for listening get involved please on twitter and insta at keys and gray pod a n d all at keys and gray the little and sign doesn't work keys and gray pod and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts in the meantime take care see you on being sports this weekend
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.